One Percenters, welcome back to this week's episode of the One Percenter Podcast. This week we have on an NBA player, but not just any NBA player, one who fully understands it's all about the journey over the end process, Ray McCullough. Ray has taken the unconventional route to get to where he is today. In high school, a top high school player turning down all the best colleges to choose Detroit University in building up to become a basketball powerhouse, then being drafted in the second round of the NBA where he was getting overlooked by NBA scouts, being called too short, not athletic enough, couldn't succeed in the league, and then dropping 27 on the Lakers. Ray is a true testament for always believing in himself, never letting anyone tell him that he can't achieve what he wanted to be, and always preparing for the opportunity, knowing that his time was coming and being ready for that moment when it did. But he isn't defined by only basketball itself. Everyone knows Ray as a basketball player, yes, but he is so much more. Ray's route has truly been unconventional, but he wouldn't want it any other way. Ray McCollum is a one percenter in every aspect of the term, and you're about to find out why. One percenters, buckle up, because here we go. Well, let's just talk about the unconventional route that you've taken. The unconventional route that you've taken through your college career, through your MBA career, through your career overall. And being an absolutely super talented basketball player, McDonald's All-American, Choosing to go to Detroit over many high-powered colleges that have offer, that offered you scholarships, UCLA, Arizona, just all of the big names, but choosing that route as opposed to the route of what the world would say you should obviously do. How did you come to that conclusion, and how did you? I mean, how did you thrive in the situations of an unconventional route? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, coming out of high school, um, I had UCLA, Arizona. Florida, uh, I want to say those are my top three schools. Um, and it was definitely a tough decision. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I chose to stay home and play for my father at Detroit. Um, I, like you said, I had made the McDonald's game, and then I he took me down to the Final Four, and I saw Gordon Hayward uh, uh-huh. shoot the shot against uh, Duke. And he almost banked in that half-court shot to win the national championship. Um a lot of people don't realize that at the time, Butler he was in the same conference as the Horizon League, which uh, my dad was coaching at in Detroit. Uh, so it was kind of around that time for me. It was like, you know what? I didn't sign to one of these big schools. I just made the, you know, made the McDonald's game, finished second in the in the slam dunk contest. People didn't know I had it. Whoa. some bounce. And, wow. And, yeah, I know. So I didn't you know didn't even either. know, right? Amazing. You know, and then I know you can stroke that thing, but geez, you know. It kind of put me on the map a little bit, and I was like, you know what? If 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 I can do this, um, maybe without going to one of these big schools, I know what I can get um, from playing at my dad. I know he's going to challenge me every day. Um, he's going to allow me to play, grow, and get better. Yes, it's a mid-major, small school, but you know why not try something different? Norris Cole was in the conference at Cleveland State. Shelvin Mack was at Butler, and obviously Butler was – you know, in the NCAA, in the final in the championship game every year. Uh, so for me, I was like, you know what? I'll go. You know, stay home, play for my dad. And you know, we went to the tournament. Uh, the school hadn't been there 13 years. We made it to the NCAA tournament. Um, it's actually on his bir- birthday, my sophomore sophomore year. Uh, so that was his birthday present that year, March 6th, and we beat Valpo. And then my my last year, my junior year, 
uh, went to the NIT, and then I and then I ended up leaving after that. But when I decided to go to Detroit, man, everybody was questioning me, looking at me like I was making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, um, who knows what would have happened if I would have gone to UCLA or Arizona. Uh, but at the end of the day, I still got drafted, um, you know, and, and made it to the NBA. Absolutely, man. It's a great answer, too. And it's probably a lot of uh, peer pressure from your dad coming in there. Wouldn't have family dinners without with you if you didn't go to Detroit. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Nah, he he was he was nice. He he he, no. he, he was he, he kind of let me live a little bit. It's amazing though, because I re- actually remember that. I remember when you signed with Detroit coming out of the McDonald's All American game, and and people were definitely like, "What's he doing? Like, why is he going there?" But it's it's not about the the actual destination that you went to, but it's the journey and the process that you went through to get there. You had so much belief in yourself and belief in your talents and your abilities that it didn't matter if you signed to. Uh, any kind of mid-major, you were going to turn that program around, which you absolutely did, and you were going to work relentlessly to achieve your dream of making it to the NBA, which you did in the 36th pick in the NBA uh, draft to the Sacramento Kings. Talk about talk about your time there, because after you've, like, literally you were the star of Detroit, you turned that program around, you, made, you literally made that thing a program, but then now you transition to the NBA where you're a second-round pick, which 36 pick is amazing. That's great. Hardly anybody in the world gets to be able to do that. But still, it's like, man, I made it, but I really haven't made it. Now i got to actually do this thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it happens fast. You know, I got drafted. I get the sack, summer league, um, you know, not really knowing what to expect. Had a solid summer summer league my, my rookie year. I get the Sacramento. Um, you know, you don't really know. You think you're going to come in and get your opportunity and um, everything is just going to work out for you. You know, you make it to the NBA uh, and get the training camp. And that's when I realized, like, you know, this is this is going to be tough and, and this is going to be a business. I want to say at that time, the point guards were um, Grievous Vasquez, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Jimmer Fredette, and myself. So really on the depth chart, like, coming into the season, I'm pretty much like, you know, the fourth point guard. Um, and now it's like, man, you know, you think you're, you know, you can come in and get your chance at some point. And now you're like, well, how, how am I going to get the chance to play over these guys? You know, I got three, you know, mm-hmm. veteran players and, you know, well-known guys ahead of me um, that they're going to get their opportunity. Um, so I went into training camp with my head down, um, just competed. Um, you know, I thought I played well. Got to play a little bit in the preseason, and then after the preseason, you don't realize the season is a whole another season from the preseason. Then you know, I go from uh, you know second round pick. I'm wearing the sport coat. You know, I'm I'm sitting behind the bench watching and learning for the beginning half of the season. Um, I think I went and played in the the D League. I think they only had sent me down there maybe once or two times that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it was around. Uh, closer to like January, February, like around the all-star break come leading up to it. Um, you know, we started making some trades, um, some guys got hurt. And then right before you know it, like an opportunity to present it itself out of nowhere. Um, and, and then I got thrown right into the fire and then I think I was averaging like 0.7 points at one point. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember we were playing the jazz and my best friend, Ben McLemore, he, he was uh, starting that year and everything. We're sitting there and we're looking at the stat sheet before the game. And it's like, man, I'm not even averaging a point. This is crazy. <laughs> and then and then before you know it, next thing I'm starting, Isaiah Thomas gets hurt. I'm playing. And 
I ended up this the season averaging I, I think like a little over six points just like that you know for me that just showed me like look you just my teammates all year tell me stay ready always be ready like you never know when your opportunity is going to come in it and it came that year something that I wasn't even really you know expecting it came out of nowhere and I was ready to take advantage of it that year Man, that is such a beautiful answer because that is literally the epitome of what I speak on, preparing for opportunity. Like it looked super bleak for you, like you were saying, wearing the sport coat sitting behind the bench, but the relentless consistency of every single day, practicing and putting in your work to prepare for it. Like if you didn't do that, if you didn't have that mindset, you would have never been prepared for that moment when you got that opportunity. And you're being a little bit modest too about it too because I know you put 27 on the Lakers that year too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and it, it came out of nowhere, you know, but it's 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 everything happens for a reason. Right. And sitting there watching it all was just kind of built up. And then, you know, when you get that opportunity, you, you know, Isaiah Thomas was like my, my guy, my vet. He was always telling me just stay ready when you get the opportunity, take it and run with it. You know, he got hurt that year. And I, I'm not to this day, I'm not surprised if I was his contract year. He, he, he could have probably came back and play. And since he was my guy, I still think to this day he took a couple extra games out just to <laughs> let me just just to let me go out there and rock a little bit. And I appreciate appreciate him to this day. Man, that's amazing. That is super cool. I mean, that's just the ability that like you don't see that much either. Like guys being mentors to other guys, because at the like literally at the end of the day, it's a business it's a cutthroat business and people are looking out for themselves. But to see servants like that in the NBA, I mean, shoot, you do the same exact thing. But that's really it's really cool to see, man. And yeah, for sure. Talking about the preparation for opportunity because I know it can be frustrating. And anybody out there listening at anything in their life, they'll they'll go through the day. They won't see the the fruits of their labor. They might not see it for a day, a week, a month, even years, but it will happen. Like you, you, you trust in it, knowing that it will happen, and you did, and you did, and it really paid off for you. And how do you like? How do you put yourself in that? Try to try to think back on those days when you were flying. Across across country from game to game, not playing a minute, averaging point six points per game. How did you stay ready? How did you stay focused? How did you stay motivated? Do you have any daily routines that you did? Any habits? Any any hacks? Anything like that? Yeah, for sure. And and the thing about that is, it's it's not easy. Um, sure, it's, it it can be frustrating. It can be tough uh, because you feel like you're putting all this time in, all this work. And it's like, what is it really, what is it really going to? I'm not getting a chance. Like, am I going to get a chance to start playing mind games? But mm-hmm. after a while, I just realized that I just, I've always been like a really positive person, and I always try to be positive and and just bring good energy. Um, and I always thought, you know, if you if you respect the game, you know, the game is going to respect you in return. It's going to give back to you. And Every day, I mean, I, I think that year I worked with D Brown and Chris Gent. Those are my two coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, every day we stayed on the same routine. Um, I would come early before practice. I would stay late after practice, get my shots in, um, playing a lot of one-on-one before the games because I wasn't even dressing a lot of the times. Um, and I just stayed in shape and, and I just stayed ready. Um, as a rookie, you hate it if you get sent down to the D League. And I, like I said, I, I went down there two times, but – I took advantage of that. I tried to go down there and kill everybody I played. I think I averaged like 20 points or something that year in the D-League. Nice. Um, and then in practice, I went in there every day with my head down, just just ready to work. And, and you know, just kept the faith that my chance was going to come. 
and luckily everything just kind of you know played out for me and when it came I was ready because I, I when I wasn't playing I saw a lot of guys who you know it's tough in the NBA when you don't play five six games in a row and then you get thrown out there you have to play a lot of guys you know struggle with that and they're not ready and I just knew that I wanted to be ready and like make a mark you know when I got my chance to play and I didn't want to look you know like some of these other guys who were struggling and so when it when it happened it just it started off at like maybe 15 minutes, then it grew to about 20 minutes. And then there was a stretch, I want to say my rookie year, I played pretty much the whole game because we didn't have any other point guards on the roster. So, you know, I you can't prepare for to play the whole game. It just kind of just happened, you know. And something, yeah, some things you can't prepare for, you just got to be ready. That's all I can say. Man, it's, it's, it's such a great answer. And it's a, it's a testament to who you are, right? A person that I've been able to get to know over the summer and working out in LA is just seeing you come in every single day with a smile on your face, ready to work, like just saying, Hey, let's let's just let's just get better today. Let's do whatever comes at us. And even if there's five other guys in the workout or guys that aren't even close to being on your level, you still do it with a smile on your face and you do it coaching them up and just the positive attitude that you have is absolutely infectious to everyone around you. And it's why I've been so drawn to you, inspired by you, and just blessed for the relationship that we have. And and even so, like like talking about in transitioning, you get your opportunity to to play for the Kings and to star for the Kings and just to really make your impact. But then it's just a constant like, okay, I have to continue to prove myself every single day. It's, it's the constant like, like you were making a joke about it, but winning the dunk con- or getting second in the dunk contest in McDonald's All American game, it's a it's overcoming perceptions. Like I'm sure you've had the perception thrown on you so many times as oh, is he is he tall enough to play? Is he athletic enough to play? Like and then it's just that continued perception of from the world's eyes that you have to continue to overcome. Like even even after your time with the Kings and now your process of, of going through playing overseas and coming back to the NBA, which I truly and firmly believe that you will, like how do you how do you constantly stay positive overcoming those those expectations and those potentially negative connotations that, that the world will have about you? Oh, that's that's never gonna it's never gonna stop. You know, people are always gonna critique you, uh, judge you, um, with anything that you do in life. You know, just even even you know backtrack into that summer I want to say that year after my rookie year I uh we won the summer league I got the MVP of the championship game um Isaiah had signed with uh Phoenix we signed Darren Collinson going into the season not everyone's saying I'm going to be the backup I'm prepared to go in as my second year in the NBA as the backup to Darren Collinson um and you know try to establish myself in the league and then Man, five days before camp, they brought in a, a veteran point guard in Ramon Sessions. Oh. So automatically, I'm back to the same situation mm-hmm. that I was my rookie, rookie year. And, you know, you know that year and just going through that has kind of prepared me for every step of my journey now. Is There's always going to be bumps and obstacles in a row that you can never prepare for. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think things are going to go your way, they can, they can change so quickly. Um, and even being in Europe now, it's, uh, you know, you think, especially going from the NBA to Europe, that you're just going to walk in there and uh, and kill and, and be the guy and and right. not not saying it's it's going to be easy, but you think you're it's going to be a little different path. Um, you know, my first year in Spain, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to play the whole game and be the guy. And, you know, that's not the case. You know, you, you have to, you have to realize I'm a, I'm a rookie over there in Europe. Now I was playing in the Euro league and, you know, they're treating you like you're you yes. know, a rookie in the, in the NBA all over again, sure. you know? And so it's, you know, it's, it's, the only thing that you can control is so cliche, but they say control what you can't control. Yep. And, and that's really honestly true. I, I, I hated hearing that, but it's true. <laughs> so for me, I just always try to make sure that, you know, um, you know, people can not like my game. They can, you know, critique me. They can say I'm not athletic enough. I'm too short or whatever. But one thing that they can never uh, say about me is, you know, he's not a good guy. He's not a good character guy. And I feel like if you're, you know, if you have good character and uh, become a good teammate, that that can also carry you a long way too. Man, no doubt. And I mean, the heart that you have too, the heart that you have for giving and caring to others, the heart that you have for putting in the work and getting the most out of your God-given talent that you were blessed with. I mean, that goes so much farther than just than just talent, raw talent alone. And that's why I know that, man, you're going to be absolutely successful wherever you end up. Like, I firmly believe that you will be back in the NBA. You have so much value to give on court and also in the locker room as a veteran leader. But, man, you're going to be so so successful and so, um, I mean, just inspirational to many others throughout your entire career. And and that's that's where we're transitioning into next. Like, the basketball basketball career for, for players and only lasts a certain amount of time. I mean, obviously it'd be great if it lasted a lifetime, but it's just a short time in your life. So right. as you are defined as a basketball player, like people will, if they say Ray McCollum, think, oh, great basketball player. But you're defined by so much more than just that. What would you say if I asked you who is Ray McCollum outside of basketball? How would you answer that? Tough questions, man. We only bring the tough ones here on the One Percenter Podcast. Yeah, uh, that is a tough question. Um, <laughs> who am I outside of basketball? Yeah, what are your passions? Um, Give us your passions on maybe what you'd like to go to after basketball or just yeah, for things sure. that really excite you in life other than just the game of basketball alone. For sure. Um, you know, I've, I've been around the game my whole life, obviously, with my dad being a coach. For sure. Um, so, you know, um, but the older I've, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I've, I've been really enjoying – helping younger teammates of mine um you know i always thought i couldn't be a coach because <laughs> as a player uh you know guys how we talk about coaches or you know not you know getting annoyed with coaches but as i'm getting older i realize um the younger players will respect me more and they actually listen and they want to learn mm-hmm. um and I, and i do enjoy uh trying to give back and 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 help spread the knowledge um you know, but I, I'm big on sports and I like to watch a lot of games. And I, you know, my major in school is communications. I would also think about doing sports broadcasting, um, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, calling games. Mm-hmm. I think I can do I could do that. Um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm really passionate about sports and being around teams and and just trying to help help young players. So it's, it's kind of going to be interesting uh, to see what the next step would be for me after basketball. For sure. Yeah. And to me, you could be any one of those at a very high level. You're, I mean, obviously you know the game super well and you love to give back and you love to teach. And I mean, shoot, you'd be love to teach and explaining the game and breaking down the game on broadcasting too. It's just, 
But the thing I love about you too is not that you didn't say anything about I want to be I want to win an NBA championship as a coach or I want to be win a Emmy or something as a broadcaster. It's, you just love the daily process of it, like seeing you come to the gym every day in Santa Monica when it's hot in the summertime, just loving the daily process of it. And it's so much like your your joy and your and your success isn't based on the results that you get, but it's based on the process and the journey that For you sure. go through. Was there any? Sure. We're, we're gonna throw you. On, we're gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. Okay. Okay. So we're, okay. We're gonna find out. We're gonna find in depth even more about Mr. Ray McComb. Throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. Whatever comes to your mind, just shout it out. Okay. All right. All right. So going t- piggy tailing off of that is, is there any quotes or mottos that you live by that have helped shape you to become who you are? Live every day to the fullest. Yes. Love it, man. Absolutely. I'm the same way with that. How about, how about um, a mentor or someone that you looked up to, someone that you knew that you could ask anything to or someone that you followed? Uh, yeah, my mentor growing up was always uh, my dad. That's what I was gonna guess. Yeah, I think it's super Easy important. Right there. Super important to have mentors. Super, really important to have someone that that you can look up to, that you can talk to. Like even talking in in your in your NBA life, having Isaiah Thomas be that guy for you. Like now you can be that guy to other people as well. For sure. Okay, how about this? Something we don't know about you: a hidden talent, a hidden passion, something mm-hmm. that you have that nobody knows. Like maybe you're a miraculous ping pong player or something. My hidden talent would be I can make uh, professional beats. You can make professional beats, like you can put, yeah, I can put a beat it. on for this podcast. I, I could I, nah, not 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 like beatboxing, but I can do it. You know, on the on a beat pad, on a on the computer. I know how to do all that. Wow, that's big time. Yeah, you can definitely can make do that a song for the podcast. For yeah, make a song, oh, yeah. make a little one percent rap you. for us. I got you. <laughs> I don't rap. I can make the beat though. <laughs> Love it, man. All right, well, how about? Uh, how about an impact on the world you want to have more than just basketball? Let's say it's a billboard or something when your life has came to the came to an end. It's more than just basketball alone. But what impact? What's an impact you'd like to have on the world? Uh, probably just find a way to uh, bring people together. I'm I'm big on uh, you know, having people meet meet. Um, I, I, everyone calls me to plug. I like to introduce everybody to everybody. Um, just trying to find a way to help uh, people network and just come together. Man, and you're really good at that too. That's why we're going to build this amazing TBT team next year. Unless you're yes, in the sir. NBA, but even if you're in the NBA, you're going to be the GM for me. So, yeah, yes, you, sir. There you go. God, you could see. You could just do that too. You could coach. You could broadcast. You could just be like, uh, who's that guy? That Wild Wild West? That Nike guy who just somehow knows everybody. Yeah, yeah. Connects everybody and nobody knows really what he does, but he does. Right. <laughs> yeah, see? Exactly. Yeah. That could definitely be you. Yes, sir. Okay, before we get this last question at you, tell us what you have coming up next. Tell us where we can follow everything that you do. Tell us how everybody on this podcast can watch and be a big-time supporter and fan of Ray McCollum. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, um, I played four years in the NBA. been overseas in Europe the last two. Uh, you know, trying to fight my way back to uh, to get back into the NBA, um, whatever avenue that is, going to training camp or um, if I'm fortunate enough for that. Um, if not, uh, then, you know, my other only two options would be, you know, to head over to back over to Europe or, or probably play in China. Um, so I'm just, you know, just waiting things out, 
uh, trying to figure out the best uh, basketball situation for myself here in the near future. Um, don't have any answers yet, so just got to stay tuned. Amazing. Yep. And it will be the continued persistence and patience and absolute preparing for the opportunity that will come. I know it will, man. Okay, actually, I lied. We got two more questions for you. Sorry. Uh, what, what advice? What advice would you give a kid in your same shoes when you were growing up? If you could give him some piece of advice, what would that be? Yeah, just uh, really, just never stop working. Um, that was my my thing, even to to today. I'm going into my seventh year as a pro, um, and I still continue to work every day, just you know, like I did when I was coming up. Um, just to keep working and just never let up. Awesome, man. And the last question for you, as you are a one per one percenter family member who rocks the shirt daily, what does what does a one percenter mean to you? A one percenter is one of a kind, man. There's not many one percenters out there. Awesome. There's a lot of ninety nine percenters out there. <laughs> so, so separate yourself and be separate yourself and stay in that one percent. <laughs> Love it, man. On the daily relentless consistency, like you put in. Ray McComb, you are officially off the hot seat, and you're officially off the One Percenter podcast. Appreciate you big time, man, coming up, coming on this this podcast, giving your time, and uh, just absolutely love the person that you are. Been able, been blessed, like I said, to be able to get to know you, develop a friendship, a relationship with you, and I mean, the sky is the absolute limit for you, man. We might be looking, people listening to this 10, 15 years from now being like, oh, that's Ray, the NBA head coach who just won the championship, or the broadcaster. <laughs> Or the president of the United States. You never know. I'd vote for you. You never know, man. There you go, my man. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. All right. Thank you. Big time thank you for joining me on the One Percenter Podcast. Hopefully, you took something away from today that you can implement into your own life, that you can improve 1% daily, pouring into yourself so that you can pour into others. And that's what life's about, just living every day with the ultimate joy, passion for what you do, and overall confidence in who you are, being able to live the life that you want to live without caring how others want you to live it. And if you want to take the next step along with me, right beside me in a community of one percenters, in a tribe of one percenters, check out davidnurseacademy.thinkific.com. The link will be in the show notes. But what this is, is this is gets you registered to be part of the family, the one percenter family, taking the 29-day challenge where it goes in-depth, personalized, customized information and questions to me where I work hand-in-hand with you to help you optimize your sleep, your nutrition, your training, and your overall mindset, and literally to make you the ultimate one percenter. So check that out, davidnurseacademy.thinkific.com. Link is in the show notes. But really, that's that's only if you want it. That's if you want to take the next step. You definitely don't have to. I'm just super blessed and super happy to have you along on this journey with me on the One Percenter Podcast. And I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to learn. So if you could, leave me some questions. Leave me some comments. Leave a five-star review. That would be great. Or if you think it's a one-star, tell the truth on that too. But anyways, that helps me get on even more guests and helps us all learn together and grow together in any area that we can. And ultimately, that's the joy in life. Think about it. If you can enjoy the journey, enjoy the daily process, enjoy the daily grind, and not have to put your 
thoughts and hopes and, and dreams and the expectations of others or what the world deems a success. But just knowing you're waking up every single day on a mission, on your purpose, following your passion, that's what being a one percenter is about. That's what this podcast is about. Hope you all have a great week. Thank you for supporting the one percenter podcast. Go out there and do something for somebody. Change somebody's life. If you change one life, that is leaving a legacy. The rest is gravy on top. Remember, life is a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, one percenter podcast, signing off.